within a bleak and dismal swamp, hidden beneath its murky waters, lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dams. The meeting will come to order. The Legion of Dans is now in session. It is the purpose of the Legion to align our infamous forces against the power of sad collectors and defeat them, leaving us the rulers of the toy world. To do this, we have gathered together four of the most ruthless and happy toy fans on Earth. The noisy Daniel Lynch. The flexible plastic Dan Newman. The pixelated Dan Erdley. Not to mention the wise old elder and insider myself, Daniel Pickett. We are the Legion of Dans. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Legion of Dans for our second fun-filled episode. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Dan Newman. I'm Daniel Lynch. And I'm Pixel Dan Erdley. Welcome back, my Dans. It's so good to talk to you once Woo-hoo! again. Same here. Now, since, since our last episode, two of our Dans have had birthdays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. We're all getting old. Uh, well, some of yes. us. But we're, not, but we're not growing up. So, uh, Dan Newman, you, you had a birthday. I did. I reached the ripe old age of 42. Okay. And then Pixel Dan, just, you just recently, right? I did. Just a few days before we're recording here, I hit 33. So I guess we have to get get it out of the way. Did you get any toys for your birthday, either of you? Um, the only toy that I got for my birthday, I bought for myself. <laughs> that's, that's all right. I got the uh, the Marvel Legends Directors 3-pack. Oh, a, nice. found it at Toys R Us. I was really excited. found it on my birthday. So I was like, yay! <laughs> and bought that for myself. So, oh, yeah. Very nice. That's a good one. I did not get any toys, but... Um, Sort of in a convoluted way related, uh, I got a really nice gift certificate to my tattoo shop because I've been cooking up a an idea for a new tattoo. Um, if, some of you who know me know that I've got a full sleeve that tells the entire Silver Surfer story, and then I've got devil dinosaurs across my chest, and I've been thinking about what to do on the other arm, and it's been tough, but I finally decided to do at least half of the arm. Um, in uh, a Xenozoic Tales theme, which um, maybe some people know as Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh, wow, okay. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, until... Is it gonna... So you're saying just half the arm? Yeah, I think just... just. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Still still working it out. And he's not kidding about his pectorals. He has got both the red and the green devil dinosaur <laughs> across his chest. That is cool. <laughs> if I can if I can admit to seeing Dan without a shirt on. We've been we've been whitewater rafting yes. together, all right? Pectorials? Uh, pectorial? His pectorials. Pe- yeah. But but with the pictures they're pectorial, right? Pectorial. Oh, very oh, nice. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> I think I think you're on there. So the other big news since we last spoke is Toy Fair. Oh yeah. Uh. Half the Dans were there. The other half were at home following it online. Uh, Daniel Lynch does a great 
uh, thing over on itsalltrue.net where he does, what do you call it, like uh, armchair, armchair coverage? coverage? I, I stay yeah. up all night bringing links to the to the fans that are homebound like myself. Which is great, but it's great Fantastic. for us, too, there because there's so much to see. And so I go back to the hotel, and while I'm, like, uploading all the pictures and, and all that, I go to... It's all true, and look at the armchair coverage. And go well. That's what I got to go see tomorrow. I was going to say the the folks that are sitting at home watching this stuff unfold on their computers, and and guys like Daniel doing the armchair coverage. I guarantee you know things faster than we know them while we're there at the show. <laughs> um, because that is true. yeah, like people will be sending me messages while I'm there talking about things that I had no idea because <laughs> I hadn't even <laughs> seen yet, you know, or heard about. So uh, yeah, man, guys like you are. You know, you're you're seeing it way more. You know, you're staying up to date on it a lot better than those of us who are there. This this year was really fun um, with Instagram. Like it just being a lot more popular this year. That that's kind of been the thing. You can just kind of surf Instagram and just kind of oh, watch yeah. pictures rolling just right away. It was really kind of neat. I remember when we started it um, five or six years ago. Um, you know, you kind of had to do it early in the morning because you guys would get home, you'd post your stuff, and it would go back to the, you know, you'd link to all the websites, and it would kind of be a slow thing. But anymore, it's just in the last two years, it's just crazy. That it's all, it's almost, it's up almost as soon as you guys see it. Uh-huh. Um, and just watching, like I said, the Instagram and the Facebook updates and just seeing tons of stuff. It was, it was a crazy, you know, just during the shows, how much rolls out right away anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I use I used Instagram a ton because it's so easy just to go put it on Instagram, and then it sends it to the Facebook page yep. and the yep. Twitter feed. Yep. And just like uh, sometimes I would almost forget, like, oh, I can update the site from my phone. Too. <laughs> I know, that cool. Should maybe do that for the for the regulars. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy just how the last few years have really evolved, and it just shows you like how it's all changed with like you know cell phone technology and everything because they're even so much faster and everything than they were just even a couple years ago because. I remember even like when I was first starting to use Twitter, just a few years back, I was trying to post a lot of pictures to Twitter, and and it was even hard to do it then because you had to find the right part in the building to get good enough, you know, <laughs> signal for the picture to actually upload. And yes. now, now with Instagram, it was just all day long. I was just like boom, 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 throwing up pictures on Instagram, and it was automatically feeding to my my Twitter and my Facebook. It was, you know, it's so easy and. That's especially good for me because everything that I'm doing is video stuff, which I can't get back. I, I can't put online until I get back to the hotel and export it and edit it and upload it, you know. So that way throughout the day I can at least post some pictures and stuff. And that that's kind of another weird thing that's different. I've been doing this – I've been going to Toy Fair for, I think, 10 or 11 years now. You, you were typing it up on typewriters when you got back, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, honest to God, I think my first one I developed film. <laughs> Wow, I'm not kidding. I don't, I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's changed a lot. I mean, I've, this was my sixth one already, which is crazy that I've been yeah. doing for so long. But you know, just talking to some guys who've been doing this for a long time, like you, um, like I've talked to like Jay over at Toy News International. He's been doing it for a long time, and just the way he talks about how it used to be, <laughs> like when he first started coming, it's it's just come so far. I mean, it, it, everything is so instant now. You know? Yeah. And and the other kind of strange thing, because of social media, you know, it used to be like I would just put everything on Action Figure Insider, and, and that's where my audience went. Right. But there's there's a different audience for each of these, you know, platforms, uh-huh. which is kind of strange to think about. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it makes it hard sometimes to fig- to decide which platforms you're going to populate. Like, are you missing out on you know a certain tech, you know, a certain site or technology? It's it's hard to focus. Oh yeah, yeah. But with IAT, it's been hard to um, 
because um, I, I focus on the website. And so the website, I mean, it gets traffic, it gets hits, it's awesome. But, like, I always get frustrated with the Twitter and the, the uh, Instagram and the Facebook because I, they don't really get as much likes and, and attention. But it's honestly just because I don't, I don't take that time to sit there and, like, okay, i got to put this to the web. i got to put this here. i got to put this here. Right. Like, so I know that it's on me, but it's just always, like, I'm like, man, like, it's just hard to build those up because it is so separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, good good year overall, a big showing. There was a little bit of weirdness, I think, that a lot of people noticed, like uh, the Mattel's press yeah. thing. It's a little strange yeah. this year without Scott. It, it seemed a little unfocused. Definitely. Uh, just kind of they let us in the room, and a guy came in and said, hey, I'm this new guy, and here's a bunch of stuff. Uh, go look at it. Have fun. Here's the things. And then you'd yeah. say, hey, <laughs> can you tell me about this thing? And he'd go, oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like it was just that you didn't really have the information and they didn't. It was just really, really different from what we're used to seeing the last several years. Yeah. And and for Hasbro, too, their presentation, I think we all knew we weren't going to see anything Episode 7 right. related. They, they kind of yeah. said that ahead of time. But when they just got up and they said, here's how you build a lightsaber and here's Chewbacca Furby. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Furby. And that was it for Star Wars. Yep. Wow. Yep, and they wouldn't even tell us anything about Star Wars because I, yeah. when we got into the actual showroom and they had nothing there for Star Wars except for a few of the Black Series figures that were already out or that we've already seen, and I asked them if they had anything else to show us or when they could show us something, and they're just they were staying completely tight-lipped. They're like, "Well, can't say anything. All we can say is that we've got a plan." Like that is all they would tell me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there was just nothing for them to with Star Wars, which was kind of a bummer. Why and, why do you think that was? Is is it because of of a lockdown or was it because they're just not ready? There there was definitely uh, a lockdown yeah. in that uh, I talked to a couple of inside people that were saying that Lucas was actually telling people you can't even say that you have the license for episode 7. <laughs> and they all kind of went you're crazy. This this is Toy Fair, and your movie comes out this calendar year. Right. We have to at least be able to say we're we're on board, you know. So like Ravel, almost their whole booth was just white boxes with a logo that they created, you know, that said Star Wars: The Force Awakens. And like that's amazing. Yeah, just saying. Oh, oh here's so weird. But but part of it, like Rebels. We know there was, you know, we now know there was a two pack that tied into the season finale yeah. that they didn't want to spoil. Mm-hmm. So we know that's, but it seemed, but the other weird thing about Hasbro was normally they tell us at least two or three of the Comic Con exclusives uh-huh. across the board, uh-huh. you know, for Transformers or G.I. Joe or, and we, and we got none of that this time. Yep. So. That was I know. very strange. I definitely think those were some of the, the biggest questions I was getting, too. Like, what's the San Diego exclusives? And, yeah, they had nothing. They had nothing for that. And we did know going into this that there would be nothing for G.I. Joe. Like, they actually gave us yeah. a heads up before Toy Fair where they said, uh, just so you guys know, we have nothing for G.I. Joe at Toy Fair. Um, yeah. So we knew that going in. But the Star Wars was kind of a surprise to me. I didn't figure we'd see much Episode Seven stuff, but just the fact that there was nothing. I mean... You know, even back at Comic-Con, they showed us a ton of Black Series stuff I wasn't expecting to see. And then at Toy Fair, nothing. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it was so for, for either scale of yeah, year. yeah, which is just so bizarre and kind of a bummer because I'm really, I really enjoy the six inch black series line, and I just was hoping to see some more cool stuff. So that that was kind of a bummer. So is the assumption then just kind of be that when it does finally catch up to us, that it's just going to all be episode seven strictly? Then, like, I mean, that's kind of the thing that I was kind of thinking about when we didn't really see anything was that since they, there's nothing really for them to talk about that I don't know, I wonder what the mix is going to be if it's just going to go, kind of like how Transformers does every year. You know, in the tra- in the movie years, you would get exclusively movie product, and if you liked the vintage stuff, you kind of had to wait for the off year, and it would yeah. kind of cycle back. Well, and so, Star Wars has thing is, done that in the past, though, too. Like, they've done that but, in the past a little bit. But we learned today that there's no off year. Oh, you know, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and today they announced the standalone movie for 2016 and episode eight. So, oh man, how does that work? I, I, don't, just, know. I don't know. They must have just they must have just said, "All right, nothing on Star Wars until we're ready to talk about it." They probably just okay. shut the whole yeah. thing down. Yeah. And plus, Star Wars Celebration is coming up, so maybe they're going to do something at that. I don't know. That's true. I, I think we'll see something there. Yeah. Kind of like those... I mean. Because they're doing well, something for G.I. Joe at JoeCon, right? I think Hasbro says that they're going to have some kind of product at JoeCon, so it could possibly so. be. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's in my hometown. <laughs> it's going to be so, here. It's crazy. So do you guys? That's right. Do you guys get the feeling that just kind of the dynamics that we've been used to up until now are sort of changing? In that companies are picking and choosing which events they're going to reveal things, whereas in the past it was kind of a given that it would be Toy Fair in San Diego, and now maybe there's more options and they're picking and choosing? I think part of it is just because J.J. Abrams is directing, Mm. and he locks everything down. He didn't even want that teaser trailer that we've seen to exist yet. Yeah. So could uh, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see sort of as it rolls out, you know, the, the other movies, how it works. I know they want to make a big splash with Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Danny's point is is interesting to think about, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of plays a part in a lot of stuff. Um, not maybe necessarily just Star Wars, but like toy companies across the board, because just in these past couple of years, we've seen so many of these companies use major news outlets to reveal all their stuff before Toy Fair even starts. And, you know, a lot of these these companies are going to just various shows now, especially when there's specific shows for a specific property. So, yeah, that's definitely possible. I mean... Yeah, I was wondering about that. And then, of course, the news this week that Marvel is sort of going to not go to... Not have a presence at San Diego. That was pretty huge. Yeah. Did we get official confirmation on that yet? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that we did. I've, I was talking to a Marvel person this week that had not heard that for sure around the office. So oh, okay. It was I take it back. It, definitely, it was definitely a news story that kind of broke and spread Wasn't yesterday. It, was, it, though, it was, was it attributed to James Gunn? Was that who it was? Yes. yes. That's okay. who started. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, maybe it, it's true that Marvel Studios Marvel won't be there. Yeah. yeah. But but again, you know, that started the wild speculation of, well, you know, is this another Disney initiative where we'll see a Marvel celebration? Right. You know, we, we know that, you, like, when they announced the Phase 3 movies, they just did their own event at the El Capitan. Yeah, they could do that. Plus, they've got their uh, their Dis- D23 convention or whatever, too, right? Their own Disney convention. Yeah, the D23. Yeah. Is, I think that's August. So, yeah. 
That that could be what they're holding out for. Be. This is crazy. <laughs> what crazy, crazy times. times. Yeah. <laughs> the speculation runs wild. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about what we saw there and what we we liked and what we're looking forward to. A- anyone want to start that? I'll jump out with those Ghostbusters classics from Diamond Select because that was completely off the radar for me. That was just like I just you see that little Dan Aykroyd and you're like, wait, what the heck is that? Yeah, that and, was yep. like a huge. genuine surprise. Yeah, that was cool. I knew they were coming, but I did not think there was anything they could do to make me want to rebuy <laughs> all those again, oh, one inch taller. No joke. Yeah. And they are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Really I, I was are. holding those the minute I saw my. I still, I'm still kind of picky on that Winston Winston head sculpt, but there were some of the pictures made it look better over time. Um, but yeah, I mean those things, uh, those are bought. That's just that's done. Those, those. And the fact. The fact that you're going to get the the bases that create the rooftop with them. Oh, that's crazy. That You know, that took a little while to kind of get out because it was kind of something that didn't really flip over to the Internet right away. I remember trying to have to tr- tough to hunt that down. I think I actually asked you about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just it, just to get the whole diorama and have, you know, the 12 figures. And then I think they said there was a the, the, the price listing that included Dana already, so they were already jumping to yeah. the non-Ghostbusters too, so – that's just going to be huge for me. And then the bigger style, the fit with the Nika stuff, and it's all just going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm waving my, there you can't was, see me wave my hands in the air, but I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was also at the, uh, the QMX booth, uh, the quantum mechanics guys, they have some little stylized figures and they're doing ghostbusters as well. And they are the only people that I've seen that were able to get the cigarette in Dan Aykroyd's mouth. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are, they, 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 they ran it by, you know, they sculpted it like that, and they, they ran it by the licensor, and they were like, you can't do that. And they were like, show us a scene that he doesn't have that cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. And they go, okay. So I thought that was significant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I didn't even think about that because those are those are the little cute ones too. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> cute with yeah. a sticker. Yeah, those, those are the, that's the company that's doing the uh, the mini masters also of um, of Firefly, correct? That's right. Oh. Those look great. But they they really do, and it's it's not it's not as if other companies aren't doing nice Firefly product, um, but somehow these because they're a bit stylized, they really capture the essence of each character. Completely agree, uh, and even in person, they they just look dynamite. They're really adorable. Well, well we're all going to have to get that Dan Aykroyd figure, if for nothing less than <laughs> the right. fact that his name is Dan. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> How about you, Danny? Did you see anything you were you besides the the Firefly guys that you really dug? Yeah, you know, I of course I gravitate to all these nouveau vintage uh, style things. So um, probably in that category, the things that I was most excited about was uh, the Biff Bang Pow Kiss figures and Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Flash Gordon figures. Um, Both of those are really exciting to me. I'm not a fan of Kiss. I wasn't a fan of them as a kid, but something about those figures is, you know, sort of irresistible to me. I'll definitely be getting those. Um, the Funko slash Vinyl Sugar, uh, figures, very cool. I, you know, every time I saw a new one pop up, I got more and more excited, especially when Napoleon Dynamite and Pedro came up. That's a, (laughs) that's a huge fan. I I love that movie. And so to see more product for that was, was awesome. Um, in, in that regard, the Seinfeld, uh, 
figures. I'm, I'm going to get a Newman figure. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have Danny figures and a Newman. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> wow. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of the things that uh, got me excited when I when I saw them pop up. All right, all right. All right how about you, Pixel Dan? Um, there was always a lot of cool things there, but I think what I was really kind of the most surprised by, as far as like me personally being really excited, was a lot of the stuff that DC Collectibles had out on display. Um, sure. I've already really been liking the animated stuff they're doing, and I remember last year being really excited when they first kind of unveiled that animated line. Um, But yeah, I've been totally blown away by just how big they're already making that line, and all the characters that they're doing, and that Batmobile was so amazing to see in person. Um, But one of the other things that I really liked, especially after seeing them in person, was their... um, their new line, the new DC line, which for some reason the name, the icons, the icons yes, the new six. So it's line, the new, yeah. yeah, the new six inch scale line, which like basically looks like DC Marvel Legends, or like kind of you know, it's very similar to that scale and that style. But um, I personally haven't ever been like a big collector of DC collectibles product, um, mostly because it's in that seven inch scale and um, just like the way the articulation was and everything, never really appealed to me. I used I, I always bought like the Arkham stuff because I really liked the Arkham games and I I love the animated figures but like these icons are like the first time that I've been like whoa <laughs> like yeah. like I really like these and since I'm more of a six inch scale kind of fan anyway like that was totally appealing to me um, and I know some people are kind of I can totally understand if everybody's been collecting like the seven inch stuff from them for so long and now they're doing the shift. And that being a little off-putting, but to me, that was, like, them totally, like, welcoming me in <laughs> with open <laughs> arms. Like, come on, Pixel Dan, buy these toys. Like, the accessories and everything that they come with are awesome. Like, Flash has got that treadmill, mm-hmm. and, you know, like... Well, Dead Man having that little Dead Man visage yeah, that clips yes. onto the other characters. Oh, that's that. Awesome. Oh, that is so neat. And, like, the Green Lantern's like a deluxe figure because he comes with so many, like, constructs and armor pieces and everything that you can put on him. Like, all of that is just so cool looking. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. I think that might have been one of my favorite things out of all of Toy Fair just because I was so impressed by it all in person. Complete, completely agree. Yeah, the, that animated stuff. Uh, I know you know people had issues with the the breakage on some of the first wave, but yeah. they they had Killer Croc there uh, with the new kind of plastic mm-hmm. and let you you know they they let us kind of handle it and pull the hands off and stuff. It feels so much more sturdy and uh, just a great great toy. Yeah, they were really flexing that around too. Like they did that for the video that I did with them cuz I asked them and they're like, "Yeah, here's this new Killer Croc." And boy, they were just bending that thing all over the place. So, yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping that they they got that issue fixed and and we definitely have to give them props for like really being on top of that. Like their customer service has been so great with them like addressing those problems cuz they're so passionate about what they're doing there at DC Collectibles, you know. They really love that stuff. So it's yeah. cool to see them like actively trying to correct this as quick as they can for everybody. Yep, yeah. absolutely, I agree. It's not it's not necessarily my my thing or, or whatever, but um, just scrolling through the galleries, I had to kind of stop short when I saw the Gotham City Garage Harley Quinn statue on the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that one, that piece, yeah. but it's, it's just, just stunning. It's just, just beautiful. 
And there were there was kind of two versions of it. They also sculpted it with a sidecar that had the hyenas in it. <laughs> and they they tried costing the whole thing out and it seemed to be too expensive, so they were scrapping that. And Diamond looked at it and went, Well, hold on, maybe we'll do something where we can maybe add it on. So oh my they just had a they had a cool. photograph of it with the the extra sidecar. So right. that's cool. I don't I don't think they know yet if that's gonna happen or not, but it was it was just kinda nice that someone stepped in and said, Hey, hold on, let's let's have a look at that. Yeah. And if nice. we're talking DC collectibles, we also have to go back to the the like near ten year wait for that Doctor Fate helmet. <laughs> yeah. Right? Now, they, now for my, for me, I have to cry because they waited till I I have reproduced and have a son. So there's no way I'm ever going to be able to afford that helmet. <laughs> well, yeah. The, but, well, there's two different versions it's, it's of it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and one is like 24 karat gold. The one they actually had at the at the show was the screen used one from oh, wow. Constantine. Yeah. Mm. So it actually, it had the, like the, you couldn't put it on. There were metal bars across it to (laughs) keep it properly on the stand. So that thing has teased me for, I think I've I've had to look at pictures from 2007 of Daniel Pickett holding it. (laughs) Um, I have had, I've seen all these pictures of it just as it pops up every once in a while. I think I saw it as a Halloween costume piece at one point, like just ridiculous. Yeah. Kevin wore it. Uh, Yeah. Kevin, Kevin. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, oh, that was so awesome. He was uh, uh, he was the the Grant Morrison, the Doc Fate costume. That was amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. so finally, it's like it's it's going to out. It's going to exist, and hopefully, my comic shop will have it up in a display case somewhere, so I can bask upon it and be like, wow, and then move That's on. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. So I think for me, the the stuff I really dug. Uh, first of all, I, I got to break the news right before Toy Fair about Gentle Giant doing the Jumbo Ooh. Super. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yes, <laughs> these jumbo figures, and, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it was a complete surprise to me that 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 because normally Gentle Giant does not come to to uh, Toy Fair, but they sent one of their sales guys and he had prototypes with him, and I was there like when he took him out of the backpack and he oh. was like, "Hey, you want you want to see these?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, oh man." So, so uh, you know, I'm I'm totally hook, line, and sinker for for those guys. Get them all. And, what's Can that? Get them all. I'm sure oh, I will. Man. <laughs> those jumbo, I those yeah. jumbo figures are so cool, but gosh, man, all that big stuff takes up so much space. It's hard to find. It really does. It. If they'll make yeah. like a four foot tall Hall of Justice, though, I'll go all in. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's hot on the heels of them uh, doing the Marvel Secret War stuff too, because yes. I did already jump on pre-ordering the black suit Spidey, I, I have and I'll probably. Yeah, I had to have him, and I'll probably get the Wolverine too, just because I always loved that figure uh, when yeah. I was a kid. But yeah, so then the, the superpowers too. It's just like, oh my goodness, what are they doing to me? <laughs> and then the Kenner Batman animated ones. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough, and I, you know, it's the same thing like with Randy when he's talking about making all the old Kenner Alien yeah, figures. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, how it's like you just keep punching me in the nostalgia <laughs> bone. Yeah. And it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, he's. I've been excited about those for a while because when they did the Predators, they first talked about how eventually he wanted to get to the aliens, and it's we're yeah. getting closer and closer to that now. <laughs> and it's just like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, NECA. That's another company, man. I always love NECA stuff, and and I've been such a big geek for their video game, uh, oh, that Godzilla that... stuff. Yeah, the Godzilla and the Gremlin both. Awesome. I was yeah, so excited, too. so excited for both of those. So. And uh, I had a conversation with Randy. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, we actually talked about it in the video I did with him because I asked him, 
since we got that Batman, which was a total shock, you know, they were able to do that <laughs> NES Batman and then turn it into the actual movie Batman. And he told like the story of how that whole thing came together. I asked him what the possibilities were of getting like the NES inspired versions of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he said that he's actively working on that with the Turtles people right now, trying to get it to happen. So, yeah, oh, my he gosh. Told, he told me the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, I was just like, oh, my gosh. I just, you know, like, I didn't think that could happen. But, man, after that Batman, I feel like anything's possible. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they want to take our money from us, they will find a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, the other thing that I didn't think I would like as much, you know, I liked Scooby-Doo as a kid and watched it a lot, but, I, you know, it's not something I feel like I have to collect everything that comes out, but marrying Lego and Scooby-Doo, oh, those yeah. sets were so <laughs> charming. I, I was just so struck by, like, how charming they were. I'm just like, I, I have to get those when they come out. I, I showed those to my wife, and she's like, you have never once in 12 years said the word Scooby and Do together ever before. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I know, but still, still. <laughs> that, that's a brilliant license for them to get, because no matter how you feel about Scooby-Doo as an adult, almost every kid, to a kid, loves Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the possibility of a video game for that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Lego Scooby-Doo the video game? Yeah, that'll be yes. hot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, some some sort of like deeper cut things that I don't think as many folks were talking about that I thought were kind of cool. Uh, Jazzwares is doing some of that paper craft stuff. Yeah. It, it's been really successful with them for Minecraft, but they're starting to branch out and do Marvel, Ninja Turtles, and Star Wars. And they're not just doing sort of paper craft figures are doing paper craft play sets uh-huh. and there's a great death star play set. They wouldn't let anyone take pictures, but it will work with three and three quarter inch and it will be in my home. It's wow. pretty sweet looking. Yeah. It's, it's neat. Cause it's like, it's, it's just cardboard death star, but it's like three dimensional and it's kind of like that cut open look. So you've got like the different levels inside that you could totally stand little figures on and stuff. It was pretty impressive. I liked it. Yeah. That was that was pretty neat, and uh, like we mentioned, the the QMX stuff I thought was pretty cool. And then uh, another company, who was it that had like Cryptozoic, which is really a game and card company, had some interesting things that I don't even quite know what they're going to be yet. But they had some artwork on the wall that was like old school, sort of forties and fifties, uh, like fan club packets. Oh right, from comic books. That looked pretty cool. And then they're also doing something. It it looks as if they're creating the DC universe as if Fleischer had done more than just Superman. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they had the Batman cover. Yeah. 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 That's kind of the, the main guy wasn't there. So the other guy was kind of trying to describe it to me. It's like, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures right of that right now. That's that's right up my alley. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, Mezco's 112 line was pretty awesome because we got the oh, yeah. uh, the mutant. Oh um, yes. And I I thought maybe we might have seen maybe a teaser for Dread or maybe we'd seen Dread, but Dread was pretty awesome with the with the lawgiver. Or am I remember, yeah, am I misremembering the name of the bike? No, it's the lawgiver. Law yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a cool whole setup with all the different stuff in there. So that line, that's something that just seems to be like it's pretty awesome. Oh man, yeah, and and 
I just took a look at that 112 Batman, the black and white one. Um, gosh, man, what an awesome action figure. Like, that just got me really excited for that stuff, too. Just, it's so impressive. I, I really think Mezco is, like, doing something pretty special with those, you know? That's that's such a great idea for a line. Yeah, just a, um, and it feels like they're excited about yeah, it. Yeah, they seem yeah. so excited about it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and the Mortal Kombat stuff they had looked really nice, too. I, I really liked those. And I like that they're doing... Um, they're doing both like the six inch scale and the three and three quarter inch scale with them, um, yep. and they're doing like they're basically the same characters just in the two different scales because they want people to be able to buy whatever scale they want with them. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, totally. They 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 really look dynamite and all the extra little you know weapons, yeah, and hands and. And and all the all that sort of stuff was great. Yeah, and he, and they're just doing stuff based on the new Mortal Kombat game currently, but they've got uh, the license for Mortal Kombat as a whole. So they if if things go well, they do want to do some of the older costumes and stuff too. And I think that would be awesome. So uh, here's hoping. And, and I think one of my favorite things uh, this didn't get a lot of coverage by anyone, and I'm I'm surprised, but. Around the back of one of the the four way displays over at Underground Toys, there there weren't any action figures, but they had an entire like shelf of Downton Abbey products. Hmm. Really? It was, it was like serving trays <laughs> and towels. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that anyway. <laughs> Just like wow, you know we have reached a new licensing plateau. Yeah. When it's like, here's all your Downton stuff. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, but no action figures yet. I got. I'm holding out hope though. Yeah, we'll get like a, a Mr. Bates. Yeah. Some reaction, reaction. Since, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. There we go. <laughs> like an angry Carson, and yeah, that'd be great. They did have a uh, uh, like a five inch Sherlock figure that also you couldn't take pictures of. It looked really great. So and uh, who's the other Titan? Little vinyl guys had some uh, some cool Sherlock stuff too that I'm sure will tempt me once it's in stores. <laughs> so, but yeah, overall it was you know it was a good show. It was a little strange this year in that it started on Saturday. Traditionally, it starts yep. on Sunday. Yep. Uh, so it, it always used to be that you know you'd you'd have to fly in in time for Saturday because Hasbro would have their event and then the Horsemen would have their their show off site that night. And then, you know, Sunday the, the, the toy fair would start normally, but this time the horsemen were at the show mm-hmm. with their own booth and Hasbro just, you know, they're still the 800 pound gorilla and they just dropped their thing square in the middle of the day yeah. off site. Yeah. Well, they're like, well, we're not and, moving it. We've always done it this time and this day. So sorry, yeah. toy fair. So and everyone else kind of had to plan around it. Yeah. And, uh, well, boy. Especially that, I was going to say the first day was busy. It was. It was insane. And it caused a lot of scheduling problems, I know, with a lot of the other toy companies. Because I know you and I talked about this a little bit uh, beforehand, but all these toy companies were sending these invites out to their press events. And I had to keep going, uh, you guys might want to consider changing your date because Hasbro's at the same time and it's off site and everybody's going to be there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it caused it caused some scheduling problems. And then, yeah, Saturday was just insane because it was – you were at the Javits first thing in the morning. Then we had to go over to Hasbro in the afternoon and then, you know, back to the Javits if you still wanted to get more stuff over there. So it was pretty crazy. 
And it, the day starts uh, usually uh, with Lego yeah. at 7 o'clock in 7 the morning. 7 a.m., yeah. <laughs> and for me, who just flew in, you know, about 14 hours earlier, that's still 3 a.m. <laughs> so that was a very long day. So I was glad that there was no horseman event that night because I don't know that I could have dragged myself it out been to, rough. Yeah. to anything else. <laughs> just like my wife took pictures of me sitting on the bed, like uploading pictures, dozing off, you know, that <laughs> night. She, I think she took some video too. She thought that was hilarious. That's what we need. We need like, uh, we need to start getting like footage of like what it looks like for us to actually like do our coverage portions. Cause that's how it is with me too. Like I get back to my hotel, I crawl in bed, I have my laptop on my lap. I sit there and start editing stuff and like my head starts <laughs> nodding and I'm like falling over and Oh no, I gotta get this video uh, uh, uploaded. So yeah. <laughs> See, I always joke that if I ever actually go to one of the events, I'm not going to cover it. <laughs> like I'm like if I ever go, there won't be armchair coverage, but there also won't be regular coverage. I'm just gonna be like, hey, just, this is cool. Just gonna go. Yeah, you <laughs> just get a bad way to go. You wouldn't believe the things I saw. Yeah, you better cover <laughs> yeah. it, guys. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never guess what happened next. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's it's almost you know I I've been doing this so long, like I can't remember a time, especially like going to Comic Con, where I just got to go as a fan. Mm. Yeah. Just wander around and see whatever I want. Well, you, you, usually how it works, Daniel, is you you're you're so busy covering and doing interviews and photos and uploading and so, and so forth that pretty much I feel like the only time you have to enjoy con is Sunday morning, and a lot of times <laughs> we'll all get together and just kind of walk around and you know do a little meandering, but that's about it. That that and that was again that was Abby's suggestion. My wife, she was like, let's. Let's divvy up all the booths. Let's give everyone deadlines. Yeah. Everyone finish your coverage by Saturday. And then Sunday, let's just walk around and that's, see the thing. That's awesome. That's it's just like, that's revolutionary. Yeah. That's, what are you talking about? That's usually what I try to do at San Diego. Like, by Sunday, I'm like, I'm I'm done. Like, there's nothing <laughs> else going to happen today. So I'm just just going to go. Yeah. But, the, I mean, if you're ever able to stay to the very end of Toy Fair, like, we weren't going to. We weren't going to go the last day, uh, which was Wednesday, right? Yes. Or was it two? Yeah. It was Wednesday. We weren't going to go. That was, uh, you know, my, my, I was just going to take my wife around the city and do some stuff and uh, just kind of have that be her day because she had been helping me, you know, do nerd stuff for four days right. straight. Uh, and so we did that and, you know, we kind of hit the, the three main things that she wanted to do. And she was like, do you want to just go back for a little while? And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's fine. She goes, I'm totally okay with it. I have nothing around it. And I'm like, yeah, let's just go back. <laughs> so, and thinking it was going to be open longer, it actually closed at four. I thought it was still going to be open till six. But at some point, the booths before the show's open, they just start packing up. And they don't want to haul this stuff back, and they're just giving stuff away. Wow. So I got some mini mates uh, from not the Diamond Select, but the the actual Diamond booth. But I, I saw a guy in the press room that had the entire new wave of the Simpsons uh, NECA figures, the Weird Al wave. <laughs> it was just like, they're just, because they don't want to pack it up. Right, they don't want to have to set, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely see that. That's awesome. So... <laughs> That's, well, uh, now you just gave that hot tip out to the internet. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna be next year, running yeah, against them. Next year at four o'clock on the last day, everybody's gonna be walking in. 
That's right. There's gonna, there'll be, no, there'll, there's gonna be an edit. Let's face it. <laughs> That's right. I'll cut that out. That's just for us. Well, for those of us who who aren't at Toy Fair, just want to say thank you guys for all the hard work. We realize it's you know we realize it's not all fun games. No. Yes, and like I said, armchair coverage can't happen without you guys going. So absolutely. Well, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm My blisters also say you're welcome. I'm happy to do it. It's it, it is yeah. it's a fun experience. I'm like I'm always really exhausted while I'm there, but like when it's all said and done, I'm like I'm just happy I get to do this. It's really yeah. cool now. It's and, and this year there you know there was a little bit of snow uh, one of the days, but there it was so bitterly cold at one point. Oh. You just wanted to yell at the city. <laughs> It was like what are you doing here? It was like negative eighteen degrees that one morning when I had to walk down to the Javits. It was yeah. awful. We did the same thing. <laughs> it was the first time in my life my mustache has frozen. <laughs> just I, I had like a scarf wrapped around my face and just you know exhaling carbon dioxide. You know gave a little moisture yeah. in my mustache and it froze. Well, that wind <laughs> doesn't help. Uh, you know that New York City wind whipping through those buildings. Oh man! Was- and the and the 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 Javits Center is right on the river. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing blocking it, <laughs> and it's just blasting you, right? Oh, it was pretty miserable. Just that, the like it was two mornings. It was that bitterly yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, but that's February with Toy Fair. Yep. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> All right. Is there any, anything else anyone was excited about that they want to bring we, up? We and, should. We we know that Jeff Cope is going to be listening, so we should give a three and three fourths <laughs> out shout out. Right, because yes. there was Biff Bang Pow had a uh, those awesome Twilight Zone. There was Kiss, um, Flash Gordon, and then Funko had what Jaws, Flash, and Funko was crazy. Uh, Funko Fifth was Element, crazy. Karate Kid. You got a Daniel figure. Got to have that. Yep. Okay. Um, but the, I think the Jaws I think was the biggest Funko thing Jaws, for the reaction yeah. line. That was crazy. Oh, and the Gremlins. The Gremlins. Oh, and the Gremlins. I know, and all their little accessories. Those were yeah. all awesome. Yeah. 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 I have to buy all those. Yeah, but I was surprised. Like they had Arrow and the Flash, like stuff like yeah, that for yeah. for reaction too. It was pretty shocking. Yeah, Funko is but, like they're just a beast when it comes to those <laughs> licenses, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Like getting to see like the Doctor Who pop pop vinyl and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy cats! I'm pretty excited for the Sesame Street ones. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> the Sesame <laughs> yeah, Street yeah. pop vinyls look so good. They do look great. Yeah. They're do. How about uh, they're also doing the garbage pail kids, aren't yes! they? Yes, oh. yeah, they and got that license. They're like they're calling they, them like uh, they're like big mini mystery figures. minis or something. Yeah. yeah, they're big mystery minis. So they're going to be in those blind boxes, but they're bigger than their actual mystery minis line. They're actually like pop vinyl size almost. They're yeah. big. Uh, they so those great. are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, that's how they get us. And and I thought. Uh, the EMC toys who normally do uh, like Mego the, or the Remigo as some people call them, they kind of jumped on some of Diamond's licenses and we're making some cool like lunch boxes with thermoses, which we don't see very much. And then like their little Green Army man. Oh yes, of like Universal monsters and aliens and Colonial oh, Marines. Wow. Yeah, like that stuff was cool. Yeah, and and, and they're also doing Ghostbuster style in that style too. That's right, Ghostbusters and ghosts. Yep. Jeez. Very cool. so, so much cool stuff. But the fact that they're they're doing like Universal Monsters and Angry Villagers, it's just like yeah. I don't know how you don't buy a bag of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that stuff. Somehow I'm accumulating a tub of 
green army men style figures. Yeah. Um, so, some are old. I mean, some some are kind of like the old marks, you know, figurines. But there's a lot of a lot of new ones coming out. Um, and uh, the the most recent ones I got are in that style. They're a little bit bigger, but they're called Yoga Joes. And I know I know I know Yoga Joes was at Toy Fair as well. Yeah, they were. Um, which was which started out as just a you know this Kickstarter. This guy had this idea to create green army men in yoga poses. And, <laughs> and because I happen to be kind of you know I I do a lot of yoga and I've got a whole community of friends that. You know, are, are, are and, from you, that and you teach yoga, I, yeah. So on occasion, <laughs> so when that Kickstarter hit, like I feel like I got about twenty posts to my Facebook page of people saying, "Hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see this?" <laughs> um, and of course, I'd already backed the Kickstarter for some, you know, some dumb amount of money. Um, but I just, but I just finally got those in the mail. They finally released and uh, were made, and I don't know, just a, a lot of, a lot of. A lot of interesting lines that are that are um, being done in that format now. Well, we might, we might have the creator of Yoga Joe's on the show because his name is Daniel. Yes, yeah. amazing. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if we can get him as a as a guest. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Another another good toy fair stuff. Still going to keep you know leaking out and spread. You know, there's still people announcing stuff after that. You think what possibly could be left? Uh, but there's still new announcements and and all sorts of stuff coming out and. And Comic Con is just around the corner, <laughs> which seems shocking. Coming up so fast, I couldn't believe. Like yeah. I just kind of realized that today. I was like, we are just months away from that. <laughs> yeah, that big show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that uh, that's the the Toy Fair experience for uh, for 2015. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and uh, conquer a topic that we uh, we all came up with, and I think will be fun. And that is, do you want to tell them, Danny, you, you actually came up with this one. Oh, um, sure. What is your favorite childhood toy or toys that is not an action figure? It's a good question. Yeah. Does anyone want to go first? Anyone uh, have any thoughts on that? I'll, I'll go first. I've been giving okay. me some serious thought. And, um, um, cause, and it feels like everything I had was action figures or action figure related. But I, I hit upon the most awesome toy of my childhood that was not an action figure. I could sit in it. It was the little tykes cozy coop. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, no, this is back where there were silly eyeballs or anything funky that made it look weird. It was just the classic little red and yellow car. I had the gas pump and I would just fly that thing around the house and, and pump it up with free gas constantly. It was amazing. And I, I thought about it cause um, um, there's a picture actually of me and uh, when I was however old I was five or six um, and my my mother had set up in the kitchen where they had had, um, they had me unwrap it and, um, I wouldn't look at her. <laughs> so, like, so she, she's offered <laughs> to take these pictures of me and there's like three pictures and all of them have me facing the other direction. Like with, you can see my hands over my mouth, like, Oh my God, it's insane. But I just ended up looking <laughs> the complete wrong way and ruined everything for them. But they've still kept that <laughs> the whole time of the back of my head and then the cozy coop to the sides. Nice. So, yeah, definitely the cozy for me. All right, all right. That's a that's a pretty early memory. I, I it always surprises me that people that have vivid memories of like before they were like say five years old because I certainly don't. <laughs> 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 
I had that car. I, I definitely had it that early, and then um, and then I had it for a long time after. I was I was luckily a small child, so I got to play with it for years longer than some of the taller people around probably. <laughs> nice. You're still pedaling around. That's, the that's, I, if I could, it's, it's not so much the height <laughs> thing as much as the width thing at this point. But if I could, I would totally do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. For me, uh, you know, I was I was more of a Tinker Toy guy than a Lincoln Log kid. Okay. You know, I dug those. Uh, had a lot of Fisher Price Little People. Had like the the Sesame Street and the Haunted House. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, had Weebles. I remember yeah. a ton of Weebles. They, they wobble. Uh, they fall down. That's right. <laughs> they wobble. <laughs> for for my ride, uh, I I had a green machine. Uh, was that like a big yeah. wheel? It was kind of a souped-up big one. I remember yeah. those, yeah. I've, I've noticed they've actually started to re-release it now. I saw some at Walmart. Nice. But the odd thing for me with the new ones is they're not all green. <laughs> they've got like a red one and a black one, but they still call them the green machine. Green machine. That's full Kind of bizarre. Yeah. Kind of They're missing the shtick on that one. Uh, another thing that I loved uh, was... The Big Track. Do you guys remember Big Track? Ah, describe it. Yeah, I think it might have been Coleco. It was kind of like a little tank, like a or like a moon, like a uh, like a moon uh, vehicle. Did it have six wheels. Would, yeah, it had. Yeah, it kind of looked like treads. Okay. And you would program it. Oh. You would tell it like go forward five, then turn eight, and then go forward some more, and then it had like a laser light on the front. And then there was a separate thing you could buy that was like a dump truck sort of thing that you could plug into a little port that kind of looked like a headphone jack. And then you could make it like dump whatever's in that that little back bin. And it was one of those things where I got it and I thought it was the coolest thing. And I remember circling it in the catalog. And I, I had two cousins that were very similar in age to me and we'd always get together and have like a big family Christmas on Christmas Eve and everyone thought that was going to be such a hit at the thing and people would fight over it that they bought the other two cousins the exact same thing wow (laughs) I was just sort of like hey but that was my thing (laughs) so uh, it it was a pretty cool little vehicle Uh, and, and my my dad was a history teacher for a long time and then started teaching computers when computers started entering the school system. And I remember he actually took my big track to school to help train people, train the kids how to program. Oh. Uh, Cause it was that same sort of concept of make this, do this and then do this. And you'd have this whole string of things, you know, in the commercial, they made it seem like, Oh yeah, you can send it to the kitchen. And it'll, you know, make you a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but like just trying to figure out in your mind, like, Oh, well that's probably like, you know, 16 lengths of this thing. So I put in 16, go there and then turn, you know, and for a little kid, like, Oh, how many degrees is that? You know, 30 degrees, 60 degrees, 90 degrees. That was a little tricky, but I love that big track. That was a pretty awesome thing. And around the same time, uh, Radio Shack had that Armatron that was like a little robotic arm that, you know, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that. And it was supposed to be like a game where you could like stack things or whatever, yeah. but it just became a big evil robot arm. That <laughs> yeah, big, right, right. Shake him around. Oh, that's cool. Hey, yeah. That's famous now. It's in Iron Man. So, see. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
So those are those are some of my favorites. Sweet, sweet. Well, as far as like the ride on vehicles go, I had a Power Wheels when I was a kid that I loved. Uh, mine was like a police motorcycle Power Wheels. But I used to love that thing. I always remember riding that thing out in the driveway. But I always remember, and I don't know if Power Wheels are the same today. I'm sure I'll find out in a matter of years when my <laughs> son's old enough. But, man, they didn't last long enough. Like, the battery would die in it, and then it would take forever to recharge the battery for that thing. I, I remember always being bummed out as a kid because I, I wanted to ride my Power Wheel, and it would be dead in 20 minutes. And right, right. we'd have to get it charged, and it would take hours to charge that stupid battery just so you could ride it for another 20 minutes <laughs> it right. was bad but yeah i had one of those um one of the things that i really loved when i was a kid was my teddy ruxpin doll oh, oh. i loved my teddy ruxpin um sure. i had i had a teddy ruxpin i had tons of the books i remember going through multiple grubbies which i remember grubby was like a <laughs> sidekick the, the caterpillar guy um because he never worked like i remember every time my mom would get me a, a grubby and he just wouldn't work and she'd take them back and she'd try it again. I think I went through three of those before she just gave up and was like, no more grubbies. They don't oh. work. <laughs> the the phrase going through a bunch of grubbies means something else. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. It's a joke. Come on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Teddy Ruxman was awesome. I loved it. And there was a cartoon. But the, the, the premise with grubby was like they talked to each other or something, right? Yes, they interacted with each other. So, like, when you connected Teddy and Grubby together, there was, like, a little cable um, to hook them together. So when Grubby was talking in, on the tapes, the Grubby doll would actually be moving his mouth and blinking his eyes and saying his lines from the stories. Um, so it was actually pretty cool. And all of those, like, animatronic toys from Worlds of Wonder were pretty cool for the time. Like, they came out with a bunch of those after Teddy. Because um, they did, like, uh, what, there was Sesame Street ones, and I think there was a big Mickey Mouse, because my brother got the Mickey Mouse one eventually. Um, but th- those are cool. I actually still have my original Teddy Ruxpin to this day. And oh, he nice. works still. Because I got him out and was playing with him with my son not too long ago, trying to show it to him. He didn't quite get it yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised no one has redone those yeah. with, like, Bluetooth technology. Yeah, it seems, because he did come back a few times, like... Uh, because the original one used cassette tapes, and then when it came back in, like, the 90s, it had, like, little cartridges instead. But okay. I don't think he's really been around since the 90s. I'm kind of surprised they haven't tried again at this point. Because you're right, yeah. something with Bluetooth or, you know, MP3, all that stuff, just seems like it would be so much better these days, right? It seems like it would work yeah. a lot better. What was the gameplay like with Teddy Ruxpin? I never had one. I mean, I obviously know what it is, but I don't really know how you, you interacted with it. Well, all he really did was he he basically told you a story. So uh, there were these books that came with a cassette tape for him, and you would plug the cassette tape into his back, and when you turned him on, he would basically read this story. Um, but the story had, like, the voices of all the other characters, too. So okay. it was kind of like... It was kind of like listening to a cartoon while following along with the little storybook. It was really cool, actually. Okay. But there was a robot bear in but the room. But there was a robot bear who was actually moving his mouth and blinking his eyes. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, closest, it was cool. Closest thing I can think of is, do you guys remember that Justice League Unlimited episode? It was the Christmas special, and uh, Flash goes to talk to the, I guess it was an orphanage of kids, and they what they all wanted for Christmas was that, like, uh, 
Dancing Ducky or something like that. And right. Flash had to go find one. And of course, they were sold out everywhere. And he yeah. had to eventually enlist the help of um, Ultra Humanite to to get one and then fix it after it was broken. I do remember That's that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With, cool. with, with Teddy Ruxman, you have to be careful what you wish for if he comes back because um, we, we had this conversation with my wife a little while ago. Um, I think it was play school. It was a robot called Alfie, and you would slide the little cards in him, and he would talk in the yeah. light up, and you'd press the little buttons. And see, they brought him back, but he's just not cool. So, so really? Cause, yeah, because he's, he's all like hipster now. I don't know. He's got this like, oh, little smile, he and he's funky. And, and, I, was, yeah, we, we had, and I, was telling, I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, no, this, we got to go back and get an 80s Alfie. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it'll be fine. So, yeah, we have to track down an 80s Alfie if I wanted to say I'm an Alfie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now, even if you find, like, a Teddy Ruxman, it's like, good luck finding tapes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the, the tapes are actually the most expensive part now. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe on actually, another – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you can actually track down Teddy Ruxman's pretty easy, um, and it's not even too hard to find them in working condition, but the tapes are expensive when they show up on eBay. It's crazy. That's how they get you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The other, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, I was at a uh, a vintage store here in Phoenix, and uh, I stumbled on this kind of robotic-looking toy that had an 8-track cassette slot in the front of it, and I kind of looked it over and I saw on the back that it was made by Mego. I'm like, I've never, I've never seen this before. So I bought it along with about, I don't know, half a dozen eight track tapes. I brought it home and looked it up and it turns out it's this robot called the two XL. Yep. And do you remember that Daniel? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. And, and I won't, I won't talk too long about it right now in this episode because I feel like we should, we should actually play some of these tapes on a future episode because they're amazing. They're hilarious. But it's it's crazy that um, using eight track cassette technology, they were able to build a pretty you know a pretty decent interactive toy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, anyway. he's a great looking little robot. How well, uh, do you have any others, uh, Pixel Dan, that you want to mention? You know, I the only other thing that I feel is definitely worth mentioning, but I don't know if this is cheating or if it kind of goes out of the genre of toys. Guess it depends on how you look at things. But I sure did love my Nintendo Entertainment System when I was a kid. <laughs> well, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I did have my Atari Twenty Six Hundred and ColecoVision on my yeah. list. I didn't. I didn't read them in, off. But in yeah, television. That's, yeah. That's it. Well, I, I started with an Atari Twenty Six Hundred and a Commodore Sixty Four in my household because my dad had both of those, and I played lots yeah. of games on those. But when the Nintendo yep. came out, oh, it was over. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like. Yeah, every weekend, you know, every Saturday morning, it was like, get up, play the Nintendo, here we go. So that a lot of my childhood was spent on that video game system, for sure. I feel you. The Atari 2600, I, I remember vividly the Christmas that we got that, and it was, it was my brother and my sister and I, and that was kind of like a big joint gift for all of us. And we had a pretty good idea we were going to get it that Christmas, but, you know, my mom played the trick of, well, that's all the gifts for this year. And we we're all like, just heartbroken. Like, Oh, there's the Atari. And you know, a little later on in the morning, she said, Oh, there's one more behind the chair or whatever. And yeah. You good. I, I was telling that story to, to, to a friend recently. And they're like, my mom did the same exact thing with the Atari 2600. <laughs> like, well, back in the day, those were a lot of money for parents. So you wanted it to have an impact, yeah. you know, but of course it did because everyone had, you know, you felt like you were the only kid without one. Yeah. 
uh, when you didn't have it, you just went bananas. And yeah, I mean, when you think about how far we've come from just the one sort of rubber joystick and the one red button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but man, back in the day, we thought that was a magical wonderland. It was. Totally was. Ugh. Well, I don't know if it's my turn to talk about my favorite toy. That was it is your turn. Okay. Um, I was just sitting down at dinner with my wife, and I was telling her about this, and she said, well, how about how about that old that big Godzilla thing you had? And I said, well, that's a little bit too close to the action figure category. She said, well, what about Stretch Armstrong? And I said, ah, that's, oh. that's sort of close to the action figure category, too. So I tried to stay as far away from that as possible, and I was drawing big blanks. Because apparently the majority of the toys I had as a kid were action figures. But then I remembered a few things. Um, one, one must have been real, real early on because as I've done the research and looked it up, it's a pretty old, it's a pretty old thing. And it's, it's, it's essentially a rack toy that was called the Amazing Spider-Man Web Shooter. Oh. I, it, it came on this yellow card with this nice picture of Spider-Man and a little plastic bubble. And it was essentially this little role play thing that you would strap onto your wrist and you could, you know, press a trigger and a rubber dart would shoot out of it. And it had a little string on the rubber dart and it was like you were shooting Spider-Man webs. And even though I must not have had it for a while or it must have broken rather quickly, it's, it's so burned into my nostalgic memory that I have to put it on this list of favorite toys because, um, you know, I have such a clear vision of it. Um, I've, it's the type of thing that, you know, like plaid stallions would have an article about and I've, I've gone and looked it up on eBay and I've had a hard time tracking one down, but, but that's, that's definitely, that's definitely, uh, seared into my, into my brain. So they, they had a bunch of those, you know, again, cause it was like a rack toy. So there was a Batman version, a Captain America version and a Hulk version, and they would advertise them in like those hero world catalogs that were like the comic book size catalogs where they, you know, hand-drawn art by the Joe Kubert school. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was, a, it was the same sort of thing. You know, a lot of the toys in those days, you, you went through like a dozen of them because yeah. they would, you know, they did not last long. So right. yeah, I, I remember the same thing. And that it was, the spring was never quite strong enough to make the dart stick to anything. <laughs> but just the fact that you were able to make the Spider-Man web shooter gesture. Yep, that was it. And, and then an action would happen. Yeah. That, that's all we that needed. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. The other the other one I had of, uh, on my list was, um, I wasn't too big of a car and truck guy, but this one I definitely liked and, and got a lot of serious playtime with. It, it was made by Play School, and it was a battery-operated um, monster truck Bigfoot, the 4x4x4. Four by four by four. And I would say it would probably be scaled to like a three and three quarter inch figure size, although you can't really you can't put figures in it. But it was a like I said, a battery operated Bigfoot. And it had on the top of it like a couple like gears, like there was a forward and reverse on one of the gears and or one of the shifters. And on the other shifter, there was like a two wheel drive, four wheel drive and neutral. And you could, you know you know, shift those levers and it would, it would go. And it was pretty tough. It would kind of like, like obviously what you want to do with a monster truck, you want to run over stuff. It was like powerful enough to do that, which was cool. Pretty sure it also had like light up headlights and, and, and so forth. But uh, any of you guys remember this or have any recollection? I, I do. Yeah. Cause it was actually licensed 
from the actual like Bigfoot monster truck. Yeah, right? it totally was. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like most kids, you know, at a certain age, you go through a professional wrestling stage and go through a monster truck phase. And I definitely went through a monster truck phase. <laughs> I never knew about your monster truck He's phase. Feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's 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 kind of interesting, and I don't mean to go off track too much, but you know, uh, my I, I grew up with a you know single mom family, didn't see my dad too much, but of the few times I saw my dad when I was a kid was him taking me to a monster truck show at Madison Madison Square Garden in New York. Like it was something I really wanted to do and and see, and I just remember my mom saying like, "Well, call your dad." I'm like, really. She's like, yeah. And so I did. And I don't know, by some miracle, he decided to take me and we went together to this monster truck show. And it, you know, ended up being a, you know, really fond memory of, of you know, uh, the few times I got to spend with him as a kid. And just fire shooting out of the tops of trucks. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Rolling over other cars. Yeah, like yeah. good father son bonding. Yeah. You'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only use the edge. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that sort of thing. Oh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's... there's a lot of good stuff. You know, like you know, that, uh, I grew up, of course, in the in the time of like Rubik's cubes and yeah. which I was terrible at, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that Merlin game. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, it rings a bell. That weird. Lo- it looked like it kind of looked like a big telephone, and it had like nine games on it. And the only one that you really knew how to play was tic tac toe. You know, it just it was a simple sort of push button. Uh, light up thing, right? But uh, yeah, my goodness, how far we've come! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. I watch yeah. I watch Elliot playing Minecraft on his little iPad, and I my mind is boggled. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Five years old. I don't get that. Like I've tried to play Minecraft, and I just you just keep digging. <laughs> you, you you do. You just keep digging, and. Uh, and eventually, I, I I would I said you know maybe you should start trying to build stuff. Well, Didi, I don't know how to build stuff. Well, you know what? And sure enough, a few weeks later, he's building these like amazing structures. And I don't know. It's it's just one of these things that you got to spend a lot of time with, I think. And eventually, you start figuring it out. I guess I didn't spend enough time. It just seemed like well, I'm digging. <laughs> All right. How much how much digging do I need to do? Yes. Ah, you kids today. Yeah. With your Minecrafts and your hula hoops. <laughs> we had great toys. We had robot bears reading. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's great. So uh, let's wrap things up with our new feature that, I, that we're going to look at doing every episode. So get ready. And it is the Dan of the Month. Pixel Dan. Why don't you take it away? All right. Well, the Dan of the month for this episode is the Daniel figure from DC Direct Sandman line, released in 2001. Woo! I remember that. I was there. I think it actually. I think it actually came out on Halloween in 2001. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, that, that's perfect. Yeah. It was part of a whole uh, sort of endless. Wave that that DC Direct did was part of the Vertigo title. Delirium and Desire, I believe, are the other two. Uh huh. Yes. That wave. Yep. All right. That's well for those. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, Daniel Lynch, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history? Of, All right. For of, those not familiar with Daniel from The Sandman, um, he was the – spoiler alert, sorry, 20 years later, but he replaces Morpheus <laughs> after Morpheus moves on. Um, he actually is amalgam of Morpheus and um, the Daniel persona. Um, it kind of brought the Endless and Vertigo more into the DC universe. Um, Daniel, as a human, was actually the uh, grandson of the Golden Age Hawkman and Hawkwoman. He was the son of the uh, Silver Scarab and Fury. Um, and if you don't remember the Silver Scarab, you might remember him better as Dr. Fate. He was the Dr. Fate in the 90s series uh, when Jeff Johns wrote the JSA. So it's all very interconnected with that. Um, during the time period that he was born, um, the Silver Scarab character had died. And he was he had gotten trapped in the dreaming because he wasn't ready to go on to the afterlife. And um, in the 70s, there was a uh, Kirby Sandman. And what Geeman did with that was he, he kind of wove the Silver Scarab story into Sandman. And he made that Silver Scarab into the Sandman because we never really knew who he was. Um, and while he was in the Dreaming, he, you know, he hooked up with uh, uh, Fury. And they basically, he was conceived and during his entire gestation, he, he grew up in the Dreaming, but he wasn't born there. But, and that just kind of had an effect on him. And that's kind of something that made Morpheus stick with him. And so when it was finally time for Morpheus to choose a successor, um, he picked Daniel. And then Daniel kind of became the new thing, I think, probably for the last six or seven issues of the Sandman book. Um, and it was just a really stark and interesting departure because Daniel was the opposite of Morpheus in a lot of ways. Like, in, like he's mostly white, um, and he was just kind of more kind and gentle and close. It was a really neat little ending to that whole series. And Gaiman was great. If you've never read The Sandman, oh. uh, it's it's a fascinating run because... Gaiman still, even though it, it started tied into the DC universe, you'll see mm. uh, like Mr. Miracle is in the first couple. That metamorpho uh, or met the Metamorpho Lass or whatever the girl's name was. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, Martian Manhunter is in some of the early mm. ones. And he would just find weird little ways to tie it into the DC universe. And even when it became Vertigo, he was so clever and had such a love of comics that that he would find ways to to tie it in. And he would take these story arcs that were almost born out of like just one panel from two story arcs ago and spin that off into sort of this limited story within the overall run, which was fascinating. And, and And that Silver Scarab one was a great, great story arc. Yeah. So highly recommend uh, Sandman if if you haven't read it. Yeah, it, w- whether you're a comic book fan or not, the stories, the standalone stories, are just amazing and fascinating. They're just great reads, and uh, you know, it, you, you don't have to be necessarily well versed in the DC universe because it stands on its own and just just really good writing. Agreed. And Danny, you, I think you have the figure there in front of you. Can you talk a little bit about the, the figure? I do. It's, um, it is a figure because technically there is some articulation, but not <laughs> three, three, much. Is it three points of articulation? Well, please? let's see. It's got, it's got uh, neck articulation. The head, the head moves on top of the neck. And it's got, you know, his, his arms are very close to his body and his hands are kind of up. Like, like if they came together, they could be like cupped together to hold something. And so it just has swivels at the elbows. Um, but he's got giant sleeves. He's got giant sleeves that kind of hang down, and he does have articulation at the waist. Oh, the, the 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 legs, which is essentially just one, is, is essentially one solid piece. It's a skirt, and it comes down, and there's molded feet underneath, but there's no articulation there. So, like I said, the hands 
you know, the, the lower parts of the arms can swivel together to meet in the, in the center of his body, and, and the hands are kind of upturned. They're cupped so that he can hold either the, um, the roses uh, accessory that he comes with or the human skull that he comes with. Um, he also came with a base that's got a nameplate in the front that says Daniel. And uh, he, can, he can stand on that base. Um, not many paint apps, like, uh, like Dan mentioned. He's, he's primarily white, so he's just got a couple little, couple little paint apps. There's a white guy with white hair wearing a white robe. Exactly. exactly. And white eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and white eyes, yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, I thought this, I think this is a good, good Dan figure to start off our, our series with. Um, we were talking a little bit offline. The fact that the fact that the Endless all have D names, um, it was appropriate. And I think Gaiman may have named him Daniel just to kind of keep with that D name uh, structure, knowing that he would eventually become the new dream. And he's still uh, he's showing up still a bit in in DC Comics on and off. Like uh, once they signed of they integrated some of the Vertigo stuff back into the DCU. Uh, he's popped up you know every so often mm-hmm. in, in some other story arcs and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my favorite story with him um, back Grant Morrison days of JLA, so it was still back in the '90s, but. Um, they had to fight Starro, and they kind of uh, made it so that when Starro took someone over, um, they were kind of in a dream state. And then that was kind of Daniel's like, okay, you're getting into my territory. So he actually teamed up with the Justice League. It was one of the first times that the, the Vertigo people started to really cross back over. It was really cool at the time. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, and, and I do want to give a shout-out to the – it is a good figure overall. Like, I, I, we kind of pick on it a little bit because, you know, it's not very articulated and things. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it can do the cupping water pose, and it can do, like, the messiah pose, and that's pretty much it. But visually, like, I mean, it really was just – I mean, it, it looks like it left off the page of that Sandman book. So it's – actually, yeah. I think at one time I had all of those endless figures, and over time um, I, I think I've sold them all. But, of course, I kept the Daniel because it's, it's Daniel. Why, why would I sell that? <laughs> right, Exactly. And I think that was the second Daniel product that DC had done, DC Direct. They had also done, uh, they did a, a, a set of bookends, like statuary bookends, and one was the dream version of Sandman, and then the Daniel version on the other side. That sounds familiar. Which, yeah. I still have those. They're in my storage unit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's like they're holding the orbs on either side? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So... Yeah, so that's that's uh, something fun we're gonna do from time to time. We're, uh, and by time to time, I mean every episode. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. every, every day. <laughs> yeah, time so time, every episode, same difference. <laughs> so, if you <laughs> listeners have any suggestions as to Dan, Danny, Daniel, Danielle action figures that exist in, out there that you want to talk about, let us know. Let's make it a challenge. Think of a Daniel oh, yeah. figure that we don't haven't. already have on yeah. our list. And I mean, we'll yeah. we'll be honest. We'll tell you that hey, you know, we didn't think about it because I mean, obviously. You know, there's there's some room for we could we could fib, but we won't. So if you come up with a Daniel figure that we don't already have on our list, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, and I, I I haven't told you guys this yet, but uh, Pixel Dan knows because he was there, and we were talking to Cornboy uh, about the new Legion of Dan's podcast, yeah. and he uh, Eric had listened to it, but Cornboy hadn't. He was like, "Oh, I got to listen to that." And we were talking about how we were going to do this Dan of the month thing for for Dan figures and he goes oh well you can you know if you start running out of stuff you can get kind of obscure and uh, do the danger girls 
<laughs> that is a stretch, buddy. And hey, I, hope, I hope we make it that far. Podcast yeah. 500, let's go for it. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, that, that'll be like one of the end. Like, if we ever get to the end of the show, we end with the Danger Girls, just for CB. Yeah. <laughs> right from the bottom of that barrel. <laughs> well, thank you again to everyone for listening to the first episode. And now, uh, by the time you are hearing us talk, you'll have listened to the second episode. But keep chatting with us. Uh, it's been great to see the, the reception. It's it's a blast talking to you guys. Absolutely. Uh, I, Same here. I, I, you know, I know we're all very busy. And even after we did the first episode, we were kind of like, oh, we should totally do this more. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, but even it, it's so even fun scheduling this one. Yeah, you know. scheduling is always rough, but it is always fun just to kind of like just geek out about toys. You know, it's just I love that. I love just actually getting to have conversations and, and just be nerds. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And if there's other topics you want us to uh, discuss, uh, hit us up with that, too. We'd, we'd be glad to do that. We, we love all that stuff. So uh, thank you, everyone. That's it for episode two. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Dan Newman. I'm Daniel Lynch. And I'm Pixel Dan. And thank you so much for listening.